welcome to the Driving Your Marketing Podcast, where small business entrepreneurs come discover the strategies, systems, and tools to kick their marketing into high gear. If you want to go from surviving small business owner to thriving entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get ready to roll. All right, welcome everybody. This is Eli Delaney with the Driving Your Marketing Podcast, and we are here to show you some fun, cool, easy, and less complicated, or not complicated, I should say, things that you can do to market your business, get your message out there. You know, one of the things that I always have, and I and I say this on every episode, is that I, I go into a room, I start talking to people about marketing, and they get overwhelmed, they get scared. I have heard the terms voodoo and black magic before, because some people actually think that that's what marketing is, and that's the whole point of this show, is to show you that it isn't. And for me to be able to bring in cool people that I meet from all over the world, to show you some of the things that they've done, some of the things they've worked with on their clients or themselves, some of the things that you could get out there and do to stand out from the crowd, to get your message in front of more people. Because let's face it, you have a product. You have a product that is there to help other people, to help solve problems. And the whole goal behind it is to help more people. Well, if you're going to help more people, you got to get your message in front of more eyeballs. And that's what we're all about here. So today, my guest is Alex... And I do apologize if I blow that up because I keep saying Alex and I have not said your last name before. Um, but Alex is a software engineer. He's a marketer, an entrepreneur, and most recently a YouTube personality. Alex is the creator of Problemio Mobile Business, and they've got some of the top business apps out there with over 300,000-plus downloads across iOS, Android, and Kindle. So, Alex, thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, thank you for having me, Eli. Um, I'm, you know, let's have a great show. I'm ready. All right, very, very cool. Now, again, I, I apologize because I'm a really I'm really bad with last names, especially because of the fact that ever to me everybody's just first name. So you and I've had a conversation. We talked quite a bit last week. Had a great conversation, and of course, I know you as Alex. So go ahead, you know, pronounce your last name so people can get that right, since I probably screwed it up at the beginning. You know, and it's funny because I, I knew that, like, you didn't ask me uh, how to pronounce my last name, and I was waiting <laughs> for how you're going to pronounce it. But uh, actually, you did pretty well. You, you did, it was pretty close, so that was pretty good. Okay, so what is it? How, how do you pronounce it properly? I, I do Guinness, but, I mean, you can, like, butcher it any way you want. I mean, there's no right answer for this name, you know. It's a, it's a messed up name. All right. Um, well, it's not a messed up name. It's just it's just a, it's a little bit harder for the the redneck in me to be able to actually put out there in the proper. You no, know, sometimes you know, sometimes you know, I just want to be Smith. You know. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. So, tell everybody, you know, how did you get started in this? Give us a little bit more of your background and and how you got into doing mobile apps because you and I had an amazing conversation last week related to that. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, so. By training, I'm a software engineer, and by personality, I've just always been sort of curious and tinkering with stuff and just trying things. And I mean, ever since like college or before, you know. But uh, obviously, you know, then for me, it was more amateur kind of projects and just you know pursuing some ideas. But as time, you know, as time passed, my ideas sort of, you know, I learned upon my tinkering with things, and I learned and learned, and then also, you know. Obviously, once you put out any product um, on on that same day, you're automatically a marketer, right? It doesn't matter if you're a software engineer by trade, by trade, um, or who you are, or who you think you are. But you know, you gotta market your product, right? You gotta sell. So right away, as soon as I started like making things, it also, I also became a marketer, and I had to start learning that from scratch. At first, it was very intimidating, but um, but it's also fun because you kind of like promote your stuff, right? You, you, you like selling. That's when your business is growing. So I kind of like it. Um, and I've actually, you know, I, I like to think I became kind of good at it. Um, actually, I have a book coming out on marketing um, in a couple of weeks on how to reach a million people. So there's that kind of thing happening. But so I've always been, you know, tinkering with things. And uh, in the last few years, you know, I had to, as a software engineer, I had to teach myself how to make mobile apps. Um, so I made my first app just to sort of learn how to make them. It was a Rinky-Dink um, Android app. And one cool feature that I made there, and it was a business app. It was very basic. 
Um, and but one really cool feature that I had in that app is I gave people um, the opportunity to ask me questions. So, you know, any questions, like about business. And people started asking me questions, and I started learning what they needed out of my app. And I actually started adding those features, right? After my conversations with those people, I started adding those types of features that, you know, that I, I didn't guess what people needed. I actually listened to, no, I was, I was actually talking to my real users. And so um, that helped me really quickly to get that app to be the highest rated business app on Android by user reviews. Um, and it grew and it became popular. And, um, and then I faced the next issue, which was I saw that people were constantly making the same mistakes. And the mistakes were in these four areas. They were like in business ideas, in business planning, and then in marketing their business, and then in um, raising money for their business. And so I made the four apps serious. And then I kind of call it a course because in most cases people need to get the right information so that right. they can Very then cool. use it. I, I'm going to stop you for just a second because there's a whole bunch of stuff. I've been sitting here taking notes as you're kind of telling your story, and there's a couple of things I want, really want to approach and kind of talk a little bit more on before we, we go into those four areas uh, because you've got some really cool things. Number one, one of the things that I thought was so great that you said and is so, so, so true, and I try to teach this all the time, is that you know, when we find when we have our business and we have a product to sell, no matter if it's a product or service or whatever it is, instantly we become marketers. And a lot of people still shy away from that. They seem to think that, you know, marketers have a bad name out there and what you and if you really stop and think about it, we're all marketers of something whether it be a product, a service, if we're entrepreneurs, we're selling that. And even those people that are employees, they're marketers of their own self because they're, they have to sell themselves. They have to make sure that people understand this is how I can help you. And so that piece right there I think was really important and I wanted to bring that out, bring out the, the, that to the attention of everybody listening to the show because if you're in business, no matter where you are, no matter what kind of business you're doing, even if you're working for, with a nonprofit or you have a nonprofit, you still have to become a marketer because even though you're, you're not selling necessarily a product, you're selling people on the idea of helping somebody else in that nonprofit. I mean, wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I would take it way further. I mean, every day you are a marketer of yourself, and people don't really quite get that. Like, but how you carry yourself is how people perceive you. It's your brand, and then if, if you if you sell them, they'll like you, right? That's that's your first sale every day. Are you going to tell the person to like you or not, right? Because everybody wants to be liked, and everybody's in the business of selling themselves to be liked. And people who say, "I don't want to be liked," I mean. Those are extremely rare or they're just not honest, right? So, right. I mean, it's an everyday thing and it's an everyday thing that people should practice because, I mean, it's even like in the facial expression. It's just, it's just in how your posture. I mean, you're selling yourself and are you selling a product that's like repeating product, right? Or are you selling a product that's like high-end? And, of course, all of us should have the self-confidence to sell a product that's high-end and develop the skills for it. So, I mean, marketing is, is really kind of like, it almost should be like a, um, second nature, and people should really pay attention to it, I think. Right. Well, and that's a, that's the reason I wanted to bring that up is because so many people, like I like I said in my intro, so many people they they think it's complicated, it's scary. There, there's always that stipulation that if you're a marketer, you're 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 going to be like a sleazy car salesman type of guy. You know, all those stereotypical thought processes that go on. And what you said I think is really important is that you have to, you know, just the concept of getting up in the morning and selling people on the fact that they're, you know, that they're going to like you as a person. You know, that's that's the first step. You you obviously don't want to wake up and annoy everybody. You know, there are certain people that might be what their, their goal in life is. But for most of us, that's not the case. And so if you think of it that way, all you're doing is just shifting the mindset away from the bad or the negative connotation that the word marketing or the word sales has into how are you going to persuade 
people. And that's really what marketing and sales is, is persuading people to move in a certain direction, to make a decision in a certain way, whatever that is. And obviously, with the ethics in mind of whatever that decision is going to be, that it's in their best interest. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, I mean, I, you know, as I sort of matured as a marketer, I mean, I almost instead of like selling a product, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, I, I I really see the parallel of like selling yourself because you know, like if you're selling a product, I mean, it's like you know, you want to sell it in, in a shiny package, right? Um, and you want to sell a good product, right? And if you don't believe your good product is good, then it's like you have to make it better, right? So it's almost like a self-improvement thing, first and foremost. And once you're able to sell that, then then you can just repeat that product for anything else you're selling ever. Right. Awesome. Um, I love that. And that and that is so true. Now, the next thing that you said, and I've you know we're kind of going back and forth here, but there was I had a couple things I took notes on that I and I want to stop and really go into some details on some of these. You you created your first app and you started putting putting it out there. You got some customers. You got people to, to download the apps and start playing with it. And you did one thing that was very very important that I thought was awesome was that you put that piece in there so that people can ask you questions and you use that to help improve the app and to create additional apps. It's the simple concept of ask your customers what they want. And there are so many entrepreneurs and small business owners that just don't, they skip that step. Now, talk to talk to us a little bit more about that. Sure. You know, it's funny because if you literally ask people what they want, they'll actually give you a very underwhelming response. Like you're not going to get that much out of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, cause, you know, people are like, uh, they don't have, you know, a lot of them, like, you know, they're not that imaginative or it's like, they don't believe that you're actually, you know, they want, they don't want to invest in that conversation, like all their ideas because they don't really believe that you're going to deliver and things like that. So the issue was, uh, actually kind of like, it's not about, it wasn't really about asking them what they want, but it's more about like, uh, almost like, trying to solve a really serious pain point, right, um, and, and injecting myself somewhere in there. Because only when the pain point is serious enough, then they'll get, they'll, they'll engage, right? Um, and if things are good for them, or it's just okay, they'll never be that expressive enough for, to let me really know, like, how I can help them, you know? Um, so it was almost like, an extra level um, of asking them for what they want. Like, you know, um, it's almost like only at their point of, like, really serious need. Because even, you know, out of, like, 100 people on my app, maybe one or two take the effort to actually ask a question. Like, you would think more people would do it. But it's actually really rare that people would even take the steps to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Like, because it actually works. Right, they have to write, they have to wait, they have to respond, um, and, and it's, it's actually they have to have a real, real need before they engage like that. Right. Well, and there, that, that does bring up a really good point, too, is that, um, you know, I, I always recommend surveying your customers, you know, once a quarter and just touching base with them and say, hey, what's the biggest problem that you have that I could possibly help you with? As simple as that. It could be an email. You can get a little bit more complicated and use, you know, like SurveyMonkey or something like that. But it's as simple as, you know, and I do this, is I'll send out an email to my list and say, hey, what's the, what's the biggest question you have about X and on whatever that could be? And I just let, I say, just reply back. Let me know. And it, it amazes me how big our list is versus how many people actually answer. And exactly. so we know we know that the mass majority of the people, I mean, for lack of a better term, they're just lazy and they're not going to do it. But those people that do, that's gold right there. That's the stuff where you can figure out how can I help my customers more? How can I provide a better service to them? And potentially, and in many cases, they'll tell you what your next product or service is going to be just by their answers. 
Yeah, I've had times yeah. where I've, as a matter of fact, my social media course that I that I was teaching years ago was, uh, I did that because people kept asking me for it. It wasn't in the works. It wasn't a planned thing. People, so many people asked me for it. I was like, okay, fine. And I started putting on seminars teaching social media, and I sold them out every time, purely because of the fact that they said they wanted it, so I gave it to them. Exactly. Yeah. And you all right. Other people do the same thing with sort of fundraising because I know that almost all entrepreneurs want to know how to raise money. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about that for just a second. Uh, sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's one of my apps is like so. So the app comes with four app cores, but and one of the apps is the fundraising app. Um, my app is actually the marketing app. My favorite app is the marketing app because that's precisely when they're like starting and growing their business. Mm-hmm. But everybody. Almost everybody, like I would say 90% of the people, um, at, some, at one point or another, they inquire about how, can, how they can raise money for their business. And like, and most people, I mean, most businesses, they never end up raising money, right? And there's a great quote, I forgot who told me. Um, it actually, it may have been you in our first chat, but the quote was something like, I raise money every day from my clients, right? Um, and that's the quote that I really like, um, and it's kind of like, that's what I did. I, I never raised money for this business, you know. I just made money with this mm-hmm. business. Um, but never, do, so it's kind of like a lot of people who ask about money, they ask about money to get started, right? But you, but you know, it's, it's like a cardinal mistake that, uh, you know, you've got to get started without money. Cause that's, the, that's the case for most people. Right. Um, and people who do, not people who don't start without actually having money, um, they're probably not ready to be real entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Because, they're, you know, it's like, you know, how often have you heard, about like, oh, I will only do it if my, if my situation was perfect, or I would only decide this if, if I had the support, or if I only had that, if I had the money, right? Um, right. But you never have that, right? So that, that I, I, you know, I would if never happens the right way, right? I mean, it's like, you got, you got to get started. So there are many ways to raise money, but um, the best way is to start without having money. Right. It's not, it's not feasible for most businesses. Like if you have a, if you want to start a restaurant, you will need to raise money. But for most businesses, you can start them very, very cheaply or for free. Um, so it's, it's like, so in, in a way, the fundraising app is like, it's not really my favorite. It just has to be there because people ask for it. But if, if I had a choice, I would tell them just, just try to start it um, by being resourceful instead of by asking for money. Right. And I, and I think that that is really powerful for, for everybody listening to pay attention to because, um, I know, I know people in the, you know, more the coaching and the individual world, the solopreneur world, and then I know, also know people in the startup world. And I see this on both sides. The startup world is a little bit different. And I, and I, it always amazes me how many people that I meet that they have their great idea, but they don't think they can do anything with it until they get some venture capital or, you know, they get somebody who's going to, an angel investor that's going to come along and and give them the money that they need and it amazes me how many projects never get off the ground because of that and I even know a guy who actually had his product together he actually had sold some but he was waiting for one big deal to come through to make his millions and I'm sitting there going okay so in the meantime while you're waiting for that one to finally come through why don't you get out there and actually try selling a couple hand, you know, face to face, so yeah. they can actually see it? Because let's let's face reality: in today's world, people are, especially when you're looking at venture capitalists or companies that want to buy, you know, mass quantities of a product or a service, they want to see that you have some kind of track to run on. And if you can say, "Hey, I've sold ten thousand of these things in the local mall, or even through, you know, a local." Um, like a craft mart type of thing, something to that effect, they're going to be like, okay, well, we see there's viability here that people actually want this thing and they see that you are willing to hustle. And that has a lot to do with it in today's world is the, that hustle of being able to get out there and sell one because for selling that first one is going to tell you whether your, your clients want it to begin with and on, on top of that, that's going to show the interest to the people who are likely to actually give you some funding. 
Yeah, and I actually, I always advocate selling, um, even if you don't think of yourself like a salesperson. Mm-hmm. Always sell because there's nothing like getting that response and seeing the person interacting with your product, seeing the price, you know, seeing their facial expression when they hear about the price, when they try to use the product, or, you know, it's like, um, there's, there, and then you can engage them in conversations, and that's actually one of the best ways to get feedback is just observe people using your product and, and them in the middle of your sales process. Um, you know, um, so it's like very, it's a very valuable like offline sort of sales and marketing technique that um, I think people try to skip. Um, but I personally do it all the time when I can. Um, you know, even it's like it's not sexy to like maybe go and sell, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard work and it's rejection, um, and it's a little scary, but it, it's one of the most valuable things, you know. You right. Can do. Right. No, I, I definitely agree with that. So you've got – one of the things that you've got is your four pillars of marketing, and I'd like to ta- spend some time talking about that because I think it's a really powerful concept that a lot of people don't get. They miss some of this, those things, and let's face it. A lot of you know offline businesses, especially smaller mom-and-pop type businesses, they tend to think of marketing as I spend money on this advertising to get customers, customers in the door, and that literally is as far as they think about it. And we need to think about it in a much, much bigger scale. And you have your four pillars of marketing process, and I'd really like to talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, sure. I mean, actually, it's funny because, you know, I made this concept out of my own mistake, like out of trying to figure out what the heck am I doing wrong here. And this is me transitioning from being just an engineer to, like, becoming a marketer and sort of, like, dealing with, how, how do I fix the mistakes that I'm making with my own marketing, right? And so I came up with these four issues that must be always present in any marketing effort. And so just to start, you know, just to go over them. So obviously, you know, one of them is cost, right? The cost, you know, must be reasonable for whatever the marketing campaign is. Then there's scale, right? you got to reach enough people, um, or whatever the situation is, then there's the targeting, right? Because the people who you are reaching, a high density of them must be within your target market. Because whoever is not in your target market, you, that, that's a waste. Because they're just going to get irritated and they're not going to engage with your product. I mean, it, it's really difficult to sell something to someone who is not interested. Right? Like you, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't you can't sell ice to an Eskimo in real life. I mean. Or whatever, you know, like, you, right. it's hard. You, you want, actually, to sell ice to people who are hot. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so much easier. Um, so you want people to be in your target market. That's the third thing. And the last thing, the very last thing, is the conversion. Because the conversion is really, like, once you got all those people at a reasonable cost, in, in, in good enough volume, and within your target market, then they come to your site or your store or whatever whatever their first point of contact is with your sales funnel, and then you got to convert them into clients. And so that's the four pillars. Um, and in my sort of practice, because I, I sort of try to evaluate this thing um, with everything I do, see, see if it holds up. And if you, if you get three or four of these right, you should have like a really nice, if you get, if you get all four of these working really well together, you should have like an amazing campaign, right? Mm-hmm. It, 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 it doesn't cost that much. You get to reach a lot of people. They all, they all convert. It's great. If you, if you get three, it's pretty good. You know, one thing one thing might be out of whack, and you know, maybe it's too expensive, or maybe there's not enough people, but it still works. But if you only get one or two of these, you're probably not going to do well, right? Um, so if you're missing, you know, if you're missing one or two, that's a big yellow or red flag in that you, you got to think about it again, and where. I see people making a mistake is they misunderstand what to expect from their marketing efforts. Let's say they want to advertise on Facebook, right? Um, you know, they might think that they're going to be reaching a high volume of people. They might think that it's going to be like, you know, whatever, like their target market. But will it? Right? So a lot of it depends on person's experience and then being able to think, uh, you know, to know what to really expect um, from their marketing campaign. Because sometimes, you know, so, that, so that's one, like, 
pitfall that people might, you know, have sometimes with this kind of popularized marketing because sometimes they just they have wrong assumptions about what the outcomes will be. But mm-hmm. if, if they have a solid understanding of what the outcomes might be for those particular things, then then it's like a I found this concept to be really powerful, and I mean, I use it all the time. Awesome, very cool. And one of the things with that, you you talk about, you know, you've got the the fact of scaling it, and the other one about targeting it. And those two pieces, I think, are are two pieces that are really really powerful for people to think about. Because number one, the scaling standpoint is you've got to figure out. You know who your target market is. Whether if you're a local business, then obviously your local bit your marketing is going to be much much smaller. You're going to have you know two thousand or five thousand potential customers. Where if you're doing something online, you could be looking at you know a hundred thousand or a million. You know, and so you've got to figure out how is your business scalable to the point where you can get enough customers. And I've seen that as a big mistake with a lot of a lot of people where they they've got a great business idea but they can't scale it big enough where they only have five thousand potential customers total. And if you break that down to how many actually are gonna buy, maybe you get a hundred customers, but is that enough to keep your business thriving for multiple years? And so yeah, I mean, that's a, what are your thoughts on that? I mean that? that's a, yeah, I mean that's a bigger business model issue overall. Um, that's something that should be considered during the business planning, not during the planning of a particular marketing campaign. Um, because if you have that sort of situation where you know you only have like five thousand people you can reach and hundreds of people who can pay, then there's really no business. Um, so it's really a um, question of like how viable is that business, um, and then. Maybe that's an issue of the example that we use here, but um, you know, within a, yeah, but within a particular marketing campaign, you you're right. I mean, like, and I've ran into this issue myself many times, where like I, I thought that there was more potential, but there wasn't, and so everything got flipped around because it's like I had to you know to achieve, to, to achieve the same results, then I had to like monetize. For a user, much better because there was less users to go around, and um, that's obviously very difficult for people don't want to pay. Um, so there's a lot of issues around kind of like misunderstanding the scale. Um, and yeah, it's hugely important. Right. Very cool. And let's talk about the you know the targeting, the niching it down to to being much much more specific as well. Because here, this is the main thing, and I I know a lot of marketers out there, people who who are marketing consultants, coaches, other information products people like myself, and we all run into that same thing where we talk to our clients and say you need to to niche it down, and they go, but I don't want to turn away clients. And let's talk about that for a second because I think that is one of the biggest misconceptions that's out there when it comes to marketing your business. That's true. Actually, you know, um, from our, on our last point, I, I just want to make one more note. And it's like I, one, one other team, just like the support tool is a marketing team that I have. Another team that I have is to always try to leverage larger platforms. You know, like um, if you're a small site, you can only attract like a small scale of people. But uh, what I mentioned from a bigger site, might get you tenfold the people. So sometimes the way to get scale is to, there's a whole team that I have and it's in my book and it's in a lot of my apps and it's all that, but it's like leveraging larger platforms because that's so key because um, when you're small, you're small, you have no reach, right? I mean, all your marketing channels are small and so you got to figure out how to become bigger and, mm-hmm. and see what's out there. Um, cool. But your point and, on, and we'll, yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about that too, because that was something you and I talked about last week. That I want to I want to go into that that in a much much bigger detail to kind of explain, you know, that the whole concept of taking over one platform and then migrating to another one. I know you you and I had a cool conversation about that, and I really like that. So we'll talk about that in just a minute. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, well, you know, I guess I can comment on, you know, the, the target market issue. Yes, I, I do see many people actually, you know, they say, if you ask them, who is your target market, they say everybody, right? Because they don't want to limit it. But it doesn't mean that you're not going to take the person's money if they come to you and they say, I want to be your customer. You're not going to say, oh, you can't because you're not in my target market. 
you, you'll still take their money and their business. It, it, it's more of an issue of finding the, the, the profile of a person, like the type of a person who would be the most likely to become a customer, so that they're more most easy to entice and, and to get to convert to become a customer, right? Because you want, if you're selling ice, you want a person who is hot. You don't want them to be cold, right? So you, the hot people who are in heat or like in hot weather, they are your target market much more likely um, than people who are cold, right? Because you're selling ice. But then again, you know, target market is not, is not just about that. There's demographics like age, sex, marital status, education, but there's also psychographics like needs, behaviors, wants, desires, hobbies. Um, and the more deeply that you understand your the profile of your target perfect target consumer, and if you're able to reach them with your marketing, they'll convert, you know, like knife to butter. Because they'll be like, oh, my God, that's great. I, I was looking for this kind of product all my life. Right? I, I'm hot. I'm looking for ice. You know? Very cool. Now, I definitely love that. Now, you let's talk about the conversion side. Now, you've um, once you get somebody in the door, I mean, we all know that that not everybody's going to buy the first time. So right. let's talk about that. How do we? What are some of the things that we can do to to increase conversion? Now, first off, to track conversion to really know what our numbers are. So you know, we obviously know X amount of people say 100 people walk in the door. How many people actually bought, and how do we bring more of those people back into that as well to convert those other unsold people into customers? Well, um, I'm not going to say well. It's hard, you know. It, it is hard. Um, there is no magic bullet, right? But what people do is, obviously, as you mentioned, they use a lot of analytics to track everything that they can. Obviously, you need your KPI for whatever, you know, things you're measuring, like the performance indicators to kind of gauge what's happening. Um, actually, the KPI may not be just right for this for that particular, for this particular part of the conversation, but, um, but you still have to figure out what metrics you're going to track. Um, and then it's a, it's, a, it's a bunch of A-B testing, um, you know, like if you're doing, like, you know, of how people progress through, through your sales funnel, right? Um, and, I, and I have a chapter on this in my book, like, in, in, you know, so every step of your sales funnel, starting with the first to the last, you've got to optimize it so that to make sure that people make it through to the next step of the sales funnel. Um, and that's hard, and it takes time, and it's a lot of like testing, seeing the results, you know, learning from things that work, throwing out things that didn't work. It's not, it, it takes time. Sometimes it takes months. Yeah, you know, sometimes it takes even more than that. I mean, it's, it's really hard if you want to do it well. Um, what people do, one thing people do is instead of improving the, each step in the process, they, what they do is they eliminate a bunch of steps in the process, and that's where the concept of the landing page comes in, which I'm sure you're very familiar, but it's basically instead of driving them to your homepage or your website, hoping they click on some link and then the next link and then the next link, why not just drive them to a single page that says, this is the product for you, this is why it's so good, buy right here, right? And that's a landing page, and, and they only have one action, really. They really have two actions, to leave or to buy. Right. Right? Um, and... This is the highest sort of, um, it's, you know, if you can drive people there to that landing page, it's one of the top ways to convert people to customers. Right. Well, and that is, you know, one great thing about landing pages, and basic, we've all seen them before, where it, all it is is a, page, a single page where there's no navigation. You can't go to a home page about us. You can't look at other products, any of that kind of stuff. It's pretty much one page that gets you to take one on action. And that is so powerful because of the fact that it leads them through a very, very specific path. And, you know, I've got a lot of landing pages that we use. And those those pages may not, some of them are for creating, like getting somebody to buy a product. But a lot of times they're even as simple as um, going to a landing page to download a free video or a free guide that I've got. And the goal is I don't want you sifting through the entire website, getting lost, getting confused, any of that kind of stuff. I want you to go through and put in your email address so I can give you this free thing. 
and it's a one-step process that is very, very simple to streamline using that process. Actually, you know what? I'm curious. Can I? <clears throat> I'm actually curious to turn the tables on you a little bit because, you know, I've not experimented with, like, for example, selling a product to which I leave people to first download, like, a free ebook or, like, a free video. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Can you actually, maybe your audience will be curious, can you talk a little bit about the effectiveness, when that's effective, and how that's best done? Because like I myself, like I never sign up for those like get a free video if you give me your email, those sort of things. Like I never sign up for them, and I wonder how effective it is. And maybe there's some instances where it is, but maybe I don't know. Can you maybe you can comment on it because I'm actually curious to learn that piece myself. Okay, yeah. I mean, we use it all the time. I use that that stuff, and we get um, all kinds of you know. For me, it's I use it as a way to give people the taste test. And the the best way to kind of describe the process behind it is uh, like what we call the pink, pink spoon theory. And if you're familiar with Baskin Robbins, you can walk in the door and they'll give you a pink spoon taste of any one of their flavors. And the idea is that you're going to love it so much that you're going to want to, you know, buy a scoop. And so with doing a free giveaway, a freebie of some form, we call it an opt-in, we call it a, a, an ethical bribe. There's a ton of different terms for it, but it could be a free video, a free audio program, a free guide, a free free checklist, any of that kind of stuff. Um, there are a certain number of people that are like yourself that are like, no, I'm not going to do that uh, because I don't want them spamming me. And that's perfectly fine because one of the things that I have actually found is that the mass majority of people, if they're not willing to give me their email address to sign up for something free that I'm going to give them, they're probably not likely to ever give me their credit card information. And so I find that it is a self-filtering process. You know, a lot of times those people that aren't that don't want to give me their email address, if I haven't been able to prove that this is going to be something good enough for them to just give me that, then one of two things. Either I didn't do my job right, which in some cases is the point, and that's where I need to you know, test it and make, you know, make changes to make it better. But the mass majority of those people are the people that would not make good clients to begin with. And so I'm okay with them saying, oh, I'm not going to give you my email address because chances are that same person would never actually buy something. And so that's my thought process on it. Um, and as far as what to give away, I have done audio programs, checklists, guides, books, um, video series. I like to do video series on a, on a bunch of our stuff. And the, the whole point behind it is that you need to make sure that you give away something that you could sell that has got enough value that you would be willing to sell it and you know that if they paid for it, they'd be getting a ton of value because you don't want to give away something that's garbage. And that's a, that's one thing we see a lot where people are just putting out there some really cheesy basic stuff that is very poorly put together and there's a lot of typos in it and it looks ugly or it sounds bad or whatever. you got to be careful about that. You want something that looks like quality. So is that helpful? Yeah, uh yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, I was curious about, like, the attrition rate, like, because, I mean, I think most people, when they come to a landing page, like, they don't probably, probably most people, um, they don't give the email address. But I think you answered it because, I mean, I think that's a filtering process for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then my question would be almost, you know, the expense of uh, driving the people to kind of a page where the attrition process, the attrition rate, but I guess I mean I you know I think I, I actually the more I think about it the more I think that you've answered it um, in your answer I just mm-hmm. have to kind of digest it a little. Yeah, well, and it is you know you're you're going to get some attrition you're you know when you pay for your advertising and things like that when you're if you're doing advertising a lot of people they drive it you know drive it to a website or you know as an example we're we're dealing with some offline businesses as well so I'll use an example where if I do a live speaking engagement I will actually give something away to everybody who fills out a form and I give them an actual form and it's basically a way for them to opt in to my stuff. 
And so they fill out that information, and I say, hey, this is what I'm giving away. It's a free guide, uh, free report, whatever that is for that particular talk. And you're going to also get this video series. I do a lot of tips and tricks and extra articles that I share out and things like that. This is you know, my gift to you. It's all stuff you can get out there, go take action on. It doesn't cost you anything. It's my way to say thank you for listening to me today. Just fill out the form. Make sure you get it back to me before the end of the day. And something to that effect. And I get easily a 75-plus percent response rate to that. And that's, that's an offline tactic. You know, if you're, if you're a speaker, you're working in networking groups, any of that kind of stuff. Um, so that's one way to look at it. You can also do, you know, the basic online stuff as well where you drive traffic to it. But you want to make sure, you're, obviously, your traffic is um, low-cost enough that it makes up for the long-term of what kind of conversions you get on the, on the higher-end products. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Especially, yeah, you know, especially uh, every, everything in person, offline, has mm-hmm. a higher conversion rate because you get to make a personal connection with people. Exactly. Um, it's so important, yeah. Yeah. All right, so we've got we've got some a little bit of time left. There's two things I want to talk about here. Um, one, let's talk about mobile apps because that's been a big one with you, and we talked about what the mobile apps that you created are. Where do you think that mobile apps come in handy as a lead generation tool as opposed to a income generation tool? What are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, it's... If you make a mobile app that's just a lead gen thing, um, it's hard because, you know, mobile app users, they're even more finicky than web users. Um, and it's kind of, uh, a lot of them are going to, you know, you, what I'm trying to say is kind of like that you, you still cannot forget about creating value in your product. Mm-hmm. Um, right, so you gotta get people engaged, you gotta get a lot of, you know, you gotta get us, you gotta do the marketing because yeah, the app store can drive a significant number of downloads, but, um, then it's not that easy to get a significant number of downloads. So you're gonna have to invest your months of time, uh, you know, if you hire someone, it's like really expensive. Um, if you build it, it's, you know, your development time. And you gotta build something of quality, right? Um, you know, um, so it's an expensive lead gen tool. Uh, once you are able to establish your app, uh, you know, you can, and I do use it for as a lead gen for other things, but I don't neglect the monetization of it. I mean, you know, I, I, I try to get both. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, and one doesn't trump the other, like, I wouldn't say one is way more significant than the other, uh, but they're nice when you can get both. Right, um, and that's and that's one of the things I'm, I'm thinking about with it. And you know, you and I talked about this a little bit the other day. Was um, the ability to let's say let's say you have an app that you sell for ninety nine cents. If you sell enough of those and you're providing great value, again, you know, ninety nine cents is very very inexpensive. It's all it's like the that next step above the free line, right? Yeah. So you use that as a okay, it's ninety nine cents. You make sure that you're providing great value within that app, but then you use that as a tool to collect that that those people into the next funnel to maybe buy your forty seven dollar product or your ninety seven dollar course or your you know $300 a month coaching program. I mean, it really, there's a lot of different ways you can go about it. But I think, you know, my thoughts on it, and you, this is why I'm asking you this question is because I'd like to hear your thoughts is that that is a great way to use it as possibly as an income tool, but primarily to as a intro way to bring them into those higher ticket items. So essentially it, it does become a lead gen tool. Um, in my experience, you know, uh, you know, people like you think it's, it's again one of those things where you know uh, how likely is the SMO going to buy ice, right? Um, and in this case, it's, it's an issue of yes, like if a person spends ninety nine cents, they may spend five dollars, they may spend ten, twenty, but generally, it's a low end price point. So when you start. 
side, raising it to um, like 50, 100. And I have a product that I sell in, one, in my app, which is a $50 product. Um, it, 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 it's by a, another person, and you know we, we collaborate on it. Uh, and it's a product that my users need. But in the lifetime of that product, and it's been like six months, uh, we've only sold one, and I think like 100,000 people saw it. And it's, it, and it's a product that they would probably like if it was free. They would go for it. Right. Um, and, that's a, and that's a $50 price point. Uh, and the only reason I haven't taken that add out, honestly, is because I haven't had the time. Like, it's just in the taxes, right? But I will right. tell you that the person who did buy that one product is a person who bought everything else that I've ever sold on my app. So it's like a super user, a person who really likes it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so in that sense, it's, it's a yes to your question because there are people who will buy more of your stuff as long as you have more stuff to sell. Right. But And on the cheap product, I will tell you that um, about 15 to 20% of the people who buy at least one of my apps buy another. So I, so you can sell them more things, but it's within the same price range. Once right. it gets into, you know, a 99 cents price range and a $50 price range, that's a crazy difference, right? Oh, um, yeah, definitely. So on that, very little carryover, but on stuff that's like same price, you know, like 99 cents, $2, $3, um, I do see people uh, buying more than one at a, at a really nice rate. Right. Um, okay. So it, it may be a price range issue. I myself, I'm not certain, to be honest, like of the complete psychology there because they don't tell me. <laughs> right. Right. Well, cool. And that's a good way. I, that's why I wanted to ask the question is to kind of get your thoughts on it. So, you know, I've got two more questions for you with related to, to this specific piece. Uh, but one of them is... You know, as a, you know, what are some of the ideas as to what our listeners can use a mobile app as a tool for marketing their business? Whether it be an app that they sell that had, that is essentially a product or, you know, how they use it. Let's say, let's say we've got a coach. You know, coaches are a really popular one. What do you, what are your thoughts as far as maybe a coach being able to use an app as a tool to market their business? Uh, well, actually, you know, um, I do have my business coaching practice, which started from uh, these apps. Um, because in one of the, in, I think, well, yeah, I think in more, I just about all of the apps, uh, there's somewhere in there that says if you want one-on-one help, you can hire me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. Um, I have not, you know, I, I do have crazy volume in these apps, right? So I do have some clients that became, um, uh, clients of my coaching business, mm-hmm. but it's rare. It, it's a right. rare thing, um, you know, for, for the scale. Um, so I I wouldn't say, if I was signing it over, um, I wouldn't say that um, this would be a great idea. In fact, okay. I'll tell you what I'm doing with it. Um, so again, it, it's like a price point issue, right? They're, they're using the free app, Here's, I say, like 50 bucks an hour for my coaching, right? And I, I, I do say 50 bucks an hour for my coaching. And by the way, you would know that it's a really affordable rate for business coaching, right? It's, it's actually probably you've never heard of a lower rate for that. Right. But, but people feel that it's expensive, and it is expensive to an individual. So here's what I'm trying to do, and this is just something I'm doing this week, so I don't know what the results of it are going to be. But I made a fiber gig, so for five bucks, they can book half an hour with me, right? Instead of starting... One hour, $50. Mm-hmm. I let them book half an hour for $5, which is essentially the same as, you know, coaches give like a one-hour free consultation. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving like an essentially free consultation to people who are serious enough to pay 5 bucks. Right, okay. So that, maybe that intermediate step, maybe that's the key here um, to, to get people, you know, to onboard in a smoother way. Because to sell a coaching thing directly was a difficult thing, um, you know. Uh, so that's something that I'm, you know, and we can follow up on that, and I can tell you how that went. Um, but I'm just starting to do it now. Yeah, uh, very cool. I like I like the idea of that, and that is a it's a something that's very different. But it does psychologically, it actually does sound like a good thing because it's it's almost like the the one dollar trial. 
You know, you can yeah. you can book. You know, this is my regular rate, but I'll give you a taste for a discount. But it does, what it does is it's another filtering tool. It's kind of like the concept of asking for an email address on a free guide of some sort. It's a filtering tool because the people that aren't willing to spend five bucks are probably not going to ever become good clients anyway. So I, I like that idea. I think it's a pretty pretty powerful thing. Um, okay, so we are getting close to time now. Now I have one thing I wanted to talk to you about, or I wanted you to share your your pers- your platform crossing thing we talked about, um, your, your authority platform and then moving to other places. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, and by the way, I, I detailed this exact thing in, in way more detail than I'll be able to do here in my marketing book, um, like How to Reach a Million People, which, which when it comes out, is going to be on problemio.com. Uh, right, so cool. I'm going to have like way more detail on that and explaining exactly how I did it. But just to quickly do it, just to quickly explain, um, when you're marketing on the web, most um, platforms, mobile apps, YouTube, Google, you know, and I can name a number, number of others, but most of them, they work in almost exactly identical way, right? It's a search-based, algorithm-based system. Uh, where, and they're all high, uh, volume platforms, which is a theme of mine that I mentioned earlier in our chat today. Uh, so, so they're all like these large volume things, and then you gotta really, but you've got to build a strong presence on one of them. In my case, the first one was mobile app. Um, and then, you know, if you think about it, I have like 300,000 plus downloads, then I funnel them into my YouTube channel. And of course, this is like telling eyes to the Eskimos, right? They, they're there for apps. They don't need YouTube channel. But enough of them convert into YouTube subscribers, then I'm able to have a strong YouTube presence. Then I go for the third like large platform, like Quora or something like that, right? And then I funnel them into my third search-based uh, large volume platform. And so one by one, I kind of conquer these things, you know, podcasting, YouTube, mobile app, whatever. Um, and then some some platforms can be paid, like my books, you know, Amazon, uh, Fiverr, right? Um, and and it's, so it's all about getting like a base, mm-hmm. and then growing out of that base, and it's essentially making yourself a uh, media company, which because it's, because this is all, by the way, social media marketing, right? I mean, everything right. I said here just in the last, like, two minutes is social media marketing, but not, you know, how, how do you phrase it? Not your grandmother's social media marketing. Not like the post to Twitter, post to Facebook. This right. is a professional social media marketing strategy. Um, and, I mean, like, companies, like, actually hire me to do their, like, growth hacking, and this is what I do for them, right? So, uh, so this is, like, top of the top, like, top quality um social media, and overall marketing um, strategy because if you think about it, you know, every business wants to get mentioned in the press. But what I just explained here is you just, you, you, your company becomes press. They are, it becomes, they become a media platform, a media company, which means you get press every day, right? And, and right. that's really what I, and you don't even care if you get a mention on TechCrunch or CNN, whatever, because you have the tools of that every day. Who cares if once in a year they publish you, right? It's mm-hmm. like nothing. It's like irrelevant. Um, right. So that's my strategy in like you know in the kind of condensed um, way that I try to make it explain it, but still make it clear. Right. It's the quick um, and dirty so that, version of it. it. Yeah. I mean, I I, I do want to say, like I always say in my book, in my YouTube channel, everywhere, like the secret to marketing is hard work. So I know I, I skip a lot of details when I say, oh, you know, dominate on mobile, dominate on YouTube. But, oh, my God, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much hard work there. So I don't want to make make it seem like it's so simple, mm-hmm. but the strategy is really to conquer one, find, funnel the people from the one to the second, conquer the second, funnel them to the third. And once you're, like, on two or three of these, everything else is like butter because you have such high volume already um, that – like, you know, you, you, you already got so much um, power. Right. And by the way, it, everything becomes easier because those 
media companies on which you used to have to beg to get mentioned, mm-hmm. you're probably bigger than them by, by the time. So right. they'll be coming to you to get exposure on your media channel, right? Right. Um, awesome. And so you, so you can get exposure from them that, that much easier. Right. And that was, you know, to kind of recap the, the thought process is pick one channel, one thing. It could be YouTube, it could be using mobile apps, it could be Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever that thing is. Pick one thing and just dominate it. Get in there and become a master at that one place. And as you build your list from that place, you know, in YouTube you have subscribers, on Facebook you have friends, you know, all these different places. Once you start building this, then you start feeding them over to, hey, you know, by the way, you're on my Facebook page, you fanned it, or you've liked it, we're, we're, we're good buddies here, you've seen all this great value I have. By the way, you know, come on over to my YouTube channel and check out what I have over there. And that's essentially the, the process we're talking about here. It's super simple. Um, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work, but in itself, the, the process is simple. And this is so powerful, and I love the way you were doing that. And that's why I wanted you to share that with everybody, because it, it's a simple thought process. It's not overly complicated. Yes, there's some hard work involved, but it's not, it's not like it's complex. Let's just put it that way. And very, very powerful. Yeah, I mean, it works. It really, it really actually works. Uh, and I'm like, you know, sometimes I don't believe it. Like, I reach, there's like, my, I have marketing, like, I mean, I reach thousands of people a day. And like, you know, I, I sometimes don't believe that it's happening, right? Like, when you don't have it, it seems like an amazing number. When you have it, it's almost like you take it for granted. It's like, it's not a big deal, right? But, but like, when I take a step back, I'm like, wow, this stuff works, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool stuff. All right, well, so we are about out of time here. We're going to go ahead and wrap things up. I always have one last major question to ask of every one of my guests, and that simple question is, if there is one action step that our listeners can get out and take right now, what would that be? Uh, well, certainly it would be to get my products, right? Um, <laughs> which, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, but, like, well, actually, I'm not kidding because um, – I, 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 I won't lie. I like it when people get my products. It's a, it's a business, right? So, um, uh, and the products are helpful. Like, I mean, actually, if you're starting a business or if you're looking for marketing, like, I really provide, and a lot of them, my products are free. So I really provide either cheap or free. Um, I mean, I feel like it's great guide for, and, you know, I don't hold anything back. I really try to explain uh, how I got, you know, how I achieve my results, you know, I'm not like one of those people who, like, talk for 10 minutes and then, like, you, like, didn't learn anything from them. I really try to pack a punch into everything I do and make sure people learn. So, I mean, if, if people go to problemio.com and, you know, like, um, there's, like, probably, if they're starting a business, uh, I cover exactly the questions that they have because, guess what, I talk to, like, about a thousand entrepreneurs that I help on my apps and I know exactly what issues that you're probably having uh, because I've talked to so many people in the past who probably faced the same issues. Uh, so certainly my the Problemio products are helpful. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's really all about just starting. I mean, because um, you, you make a lot of mistakes, but then as long as you're persistent and you work hard and you're resourceful, then the mistake, mistakes will sort of go away and the things you learn and the skills you build, they'll accumulate, and then you'll be a pro um, and, you'll, you know, you'll rock your business. Awesome. Love it. All right. So, um, again, that was Problemio, and we'll put the link to that in the show notes. And, of course, you'll also send us a link as soon as, you, as, soon as the book is published because I want to make sure we add that to the show notes as well as soon as we get that out there. Um, thank you so much, Alex. This was a blast. Had a lot of fun. And I really appreciate everything that you shared with us. And, as always, with me, if there's anything that I can do to help support you, reach out and let me know. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me on, and I hope it was uh, helpful for your audience and people. Um, I'm curious for people to come back and say, you know, let us know if this was helpful. 
Definitely. And with that, you know, with everybody who's listening, you know, I want you to get out there, have an amazing Rockstar Week as always. And we would appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and pop in a comment. What's your, what's your thoughts, idea? Give us a review because those, those do mean the world to us. The more we get reviews, the more likely iTunes is going to rank us up and show our listing to more people. So that's one of the reasons why we love that. So if you would do that, they'll Definitely, you can check it out. Check out everything on the show notes on the website at drivingyourmarketing.com. But definitely go over to iTunes and leave us a review as well there. Much appreciated. With that, we're going to wrap everything up. We will see you on the next episode. Get out there. Have an amazing Rockstar Week. And as always, if there's anything I can do to help you out, reach out and let me know. Take care. Hey there. This is Eli again, and I got a question for you. Do you have a roadmap for marketing your business? If you're consistently looking for new marketing ideas just to keep your business going, then you need to check out smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com and download the free special report that I created to help you create a marketing plan that will thrive in any economy. Again, that's smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com. Go get it, read it, and start the road trip of your lifetime. See you on the other side.